Good morning. Welcome to the well for those of you who remembered to set your clocks ahead. And for those who are live streaming with us this morning, welcome to you also. I have just a few announcements to run by you. Chili cook-off update. Thank you to all who organized and participated in last Sunday's chili cook-off and silent auction. You are the reason the well is able to touch so many lives in need at Simpson Shelter. $4,816.96 was raised from the silent auction. There were 37 chefs and 152 people served. The judges' winner was nine-year-old chef Alice Hager with Alice's Wonderland Chili. And the most creative and people's choice was awarded to Chef Gail Kitchell with Gigi's Chili. On March 7th, Floyd Skinner celebrated his 106th birthday. He and his daughter, LaVon Day, were interviewed by KSTP's Joe Mason for a special feature on the Channel 5 Eyewitness News. We will celebrate Floyd next Sunday during Fellowship with Cake. Join us for Wednesday night dinners at 5.30 each Wednesday through March 29th. Kids programming begins at 5.50 along with a parent Lenten study. This week's menu is sloppy joes, hot dogs, baked beans, tater tots, salad, bars, and of course cookies. We hope to see you there. Board extravaganza night, men of the well, please join uh, us at this church on Sunday, March 18th from 3 to 8 p.m. for board games and dinner. Uh, and you do need to pre-register for this, so go ahead and sign up on the website. Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday. Best day of the week. There we go. We got it in. We're good. <laughs> Would you stand with us, embody your spirit as you're able, and join me in this call to worship? Even Jesus grew thirsty. He sat down by a well in the heat of the day. Surrounded by moisture, we still long for something. Something to quench our thirst. I am he, Jesus said. And so we too come to the well. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 4, verses 5 through 30. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar. Near the plot of ground that Jacob had given his, to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tried out by his, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I, I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, 
give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you say is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished to see that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Good morning. I'm Reverend Michelle Hargrave, and I'm the new district superintendent for the River Valley District. Uh, Cynthia Williams was, um, has been the River Valley District superintendent for several years, and um, she's now working in the Twin Cities District, and I started in January. So this is my first visit. I think it's my first visit to Rosemont and to this church. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, um, I grew up in Albert Lee, so I've lived in Minnesota most of my life, and I've been a United Methodist pastor in Minnesota for over 31 years. And so, um, uh, anyway, I, I love the United Methodist Church, and I'm glad to be able to serve it in this time. So, and it's good to be with you today. I'm glad I'm here. So when I um, was invited to preach this week, I learned that you have this sermon series on finding peace in anxious times. And I don't know about you, but I've been thinking a lot lately about just like what was going on three years ago. Like when I look at my Facebook memories and it shows me like what I was talking about three years ago, it's like, ooh, something's going on. I wonder how, how long this is going to be. You remember when we thought it was just going to be like a couple weeks that we were going to have our lives changed? And Wow. Uh, we have had our lives changed a lot. The pandemic really affected us in a lot of different ways. And then in Minnesota, to encounter um, so much tension over race, I mean, just to be the focus of that in 2020, and then um, a lot of political discord in our country, and then in the United Methodist Church as well for quite a while. So it's just a lot of stuff has been stirring up, and so it is an anxious time. So how do we find peace in the midst of that. So I don't always preach on the lectionary, but I thought I would just peek and see what the story was scheduled for this week. And the story was the one that you just heard read so beautifully. I loved it in the two, two different voices. Um, the woman at the well. And I thought, ooh, preach on the woman at the well? At the well? Yeah, I want to do that. So, um, so I'm thinking about the ways that this story is about the ways that Jesus and the woman heard each other. Because there were so many things in the way, so many reasons that they didn't have to listen to each other, that they didn't have to hear each other. And yet, because they did, amazing things happened. This is actually the longest conversation that Jesus has in the Bible. 
Isn't that amazing? The longest conversation is with this woman in Samaria. So, um, so this is early. Um, this is early in the Gospel of John. So, in this uh, Gospel, Jesus has started to gather the disciples together, and then he went to the wedding with his mother and did the whole wine business there. And then he met Nicodemus late at night and had a conversation with him and started to talk about water and spirit and wind and the blowing. And, you know, you start to get a sense of what Jesus is talking about. And then we get to chapter 4. And clearly Jesus has been traveling. So Jesus has been traveling around the region, and he's now kind of at the outskirts of the region of the Jews. And he's wandered into Samaritan territory. Now the text gives us a little hint in there, but Samaritans and Jews were in conflict with each other. It's sort of like they were cousins that had a family feud a long time ago, probably so long they can't even remember what the deal was. But they have some different customs and they don't talk to each other. They don't go to they don't have holidays together, they don't visit one another, and there's lots of rules about how you shouldn't touch anything that a Samaritan person touched. It's kind of a big deal. So there's just a lot of tension between these two communities. So what is Jesus doing there? I don't know. And, and so they're, they're just kind of on the edge of uh, Jewish territory. They've wandered into the Samaritan territory. And it is noon, and they are in the desert. Now, we have to imagine a little bit what that would be like, right? Because it is March at the tail end of the longest winter that uh, we've had for a while, right? I mean, this is, this is, we are having enough winter. Yeah? Amen? Yeah? All right. And um, so did any of you get south during this winter at all to somewhere warmer? I was supposed to get to Tucson, but I did not get to go. So, uh, yeah, so not so much. So we have to use our imaginations. Let's imagine being somewhere really dry, <laughs> not like today, and really hot. And the sun is out. Ooh, the sun. Remember that? I thought I saw it just for a moment this morning on my drive here. And then, and it's shining down. And Jesus and the disciples have been walking, and he is tired, and he is thirsty. So he sits down at the well. And the disciples go into town so that they can arrange some lunch. They have to go and talk to Pat or whoever is in charge of food uh, back there in the kitchen. And so they're, they're, they're doing that, and Jesus sits down at the well, and he's thirsty. And there's no way for him to get a drink because there's, there's no like public dipper there. There's no jar. There's no way to get the water that's in the well by yourself. There's no contraption there for that. So he just sits there, and a woman comes. Now, this is an unusual time of the day for the woman to come. I don't really want to speculate too much on what she's doing there at noon, but she comes at this odd time of day, and she comes to draw water. And she gets there, and Jesus is sitting there and says, give me a drink. And this launches this conversation, the longest conversation Jesus has in the Bible. So let's look at the, the next slide. So we're going to look at this. We're going to look at this. And what I want to look for in this story is, is the way that Jesus was listening to the woman and listening to more than what she was saying. So he starts off, give me a drink. And she responds with, oh, there's a lot of reasons that I can't do that. I mean, so he's Jewish, she's Samaritan, he's a man, she's a woman. The rules are actually 
that he should not touch anything that a Samaritan touches. He should not touch anything that a woman touches. And there's no way to get a drink of water without touching the water that was in the thing that she's touching. You see what I mean? There's just no way. There's no way for them to appropriately share a drink of water from this jar. And she knows it. She's like, you know, hey, there's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of divisions going on here between us. What are you doing? And, you know, I mean, that, that's a moment where he could have been like, oh, you know, what, whatever. But, uh, which is maybe what my young adult son would say, whatever. I wasn't thirsty anyway, right? <laughs> but, but he doesn't. It's Jesus. He does something else. And, uh, and he says, oh, if you knew this living water, if you knew this living water, if you knew what I'm talking about, the conversation would be totally different. And she's like, she says, okay, you know, Jacob gave us this well. I mean, so she's pulling rank there. Samaritans may not be Jews, but this well's from Jacob. So, you know, we are connected all the way back to Jacob and Abraham. So where do you get better water than Jacob had? And he says, yeah, well, I've got living water. And if you drink this, you'll never be thirsty again. So now listen to the way that Jesus is catching that you know, I mean, I, I, she's, she's got some interest here. There's an openness. There's a yearning in her. It says, you'll never be thirsty again. She says, give me some of this water. So there's this moment of, what does she really want? You know, what's really going on here? So Jesus says, well, go get your husband. And she says, oh, yeah, I don't have one of those. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, right. This is sort of like a Sherlock Holmes moment, you know, where he does this weird thing, like, how, how, how do you know? Uh, you've had five, now you've got one that's not your husband, and I, I know that. Now, this is one of those moments where uh, conversation can go a lot of different ways. I don't really hear Jesus shaming her. I just hear him kind of naming her experience. And uh, she decides to, to take it a little deeper. And so she's like, okay, if you're so smart... Tell me about my theological questions. Let's talk about the differences between Jews and Samaritans and, and how we're supposed to worship and what God is up to. I mean, that's an interesting turn there. And so Jesus then goes on this uh, speech. Uh, you did a great job reading that speech. I get a little lost in that part of it. It's like, oh, God's on the mountain and God's going to do this. And there's some moments in the Gospel of John where... You know, it's just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> the, uh, the speeches get a little murky in there. But she's listening to this, and, uh, and she says, um, she's, and she's listening to what he says. And so let's, yeah, the hour is coming. And she says, okay, so I know something about the Messiah. I mean, so he's laid the groundwork for this. And then Jesus does this beautiful mic drop moment. I am he. Boom. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a really fabulous line. I'm the one. I'm the one that we're talking about here. So in this story, I think that Jesus is listening to the woman's yearnings and invites her into a deeper place in the conversation. So, I mean, it easily could have stayed at, I just need a drink of water. Can you figure out how to give me a drink of water? But they move into this theological territory and it is, and, and into some personal territory. And he's inviting her, he's listening to what's going on underneath her words and inviting her into a deeper and deeper conversation. And we end up 
with the longest conversation Jesus has in the Bible with a Samaritan woman, someone he's not even supposed to be talking to. Karen Armstrong has a uh, uh, book called The 12 Steps for a Compassionate Life, and she talks about compassionate listening. And the thing that Go to the next one. The things that she says about that is true listening means more than simply hearing the words that are spoken. We have to become alert to the underlying message, too, and hear what isn't uttered aloud. And it seems that Jesus is doing that. He's listening to what possibility is there for her, what yearning is there, what openness is there. And and then he leads her into a new place. At the end of the story, she goes back to town. She leaves her water jar at the well. That's a beautiful, beautiful image, I think. She leaves the water jar there. She doesn't need that anymore. And she runs to town to tell everybody what's going on and brings them back. And then Jesus spends three days hanging out with them and talking to them. Imagine three days with Jesus to hear what he has to say at the beginning of his ministry. And the town was changed and her life was changed because Jesus heard her and invited her into a deeper place. Now, the bishop, our new bishop, is having uh, the cabinet do devotions with her every week. This is a a brand new thing. She just started in January, too. And we're reading a book called The Soul of Leadership. I can't remember the name of the author. And in this book, um, uh, one of the things that I noticed is last week, we're reading it like one chapter at a time, uh, there was a phrase about um, Moses sitting down at the well. It said, the well is a place of, it's a symbol for the soul. So when we run into the well in the Bible, it's a symbol for the soul of that, that thirsting for living water, that, that presence of God. What a fun image you have in the name of your church to work with. The well is such a rich image. It's so beautiful. And so Jesus sits down at the well. We always think about Jesus being the one that's giving the living water to everybody, right? But Jesus sits down and he's thirsty. How does the woman listen to him in this story. And what happens to Jesus because she listened to him? So let's look at the conversation again and see what happens there. So Jesus sits down at the well, the symbol of, of the soul and spirit, says, give me a drink. And she said, oh, there's a lot of reasons I can't do that. You know all of those. <laughs> Don't you know better? We can't do that. And he says, yeah, but what about uh, living water? If you knew who I really was, then you know to ask me for living water. And uh, she says, well, okay, what's living water? You know, this is a moment where she could have gotten kind of sassy and says, oh, come on, what are you talking about? You know, it's, it, it, we're here for a drink of water. What's, what, what are you talking about? But she follows him. Oh, living water. Okay, what's that? And so then he talks a little bit about it. You will never be thirsty again. You know, and she also shares, you know, this is Jacob's well. It's kind of a big deal here. What kind of water are you talking about? He says, yeah, but you'll never be thirsty again. And she says out loud, oh, I'd, I'd like that. How many moments in your life do you have that kind of moment where, you know, you have the thing that's really wonderful and it's right there in front of you and you just can't? like reach for it, and you can't say it out loud. But she does. The stranger, she says, oh, I would like some of that. So then he says, well, go get your husband. And she says, well, I don't have one of those. And he says, yeah, you've had five, and now five plus one here. And, and this is a moment, I mean, 
you know, biblical scholars like to make a big deal out of this part, and I don't really like to make a big deal out of this piece. I think we can get into shame too quickly, and we don't, I don't think Jesus is doing that, and we don't need to go there for her. All I know is that there isn't any way to get through five husbands plus one without some trouble. Is, it, are you with me on that? There just isn't any possible way to get through that narrative in her life without some difficulty. So this woman has had some trouble, and she has had some sorrow, and she's had some grief, and things haven't been easy. And this is a moment, you know, Jesus brings this up. I mean, you might be tired of hearing about it from people, and you might, you know, think that, uh, you just kind of imagine the small town might be gossiping or whispering about this stuff. You might get tired of it. So this is a moment where she could have turned around and walked away. She could have gotten really frustrated. She could have sassed back, and she didn't. She stops. I mean, I imagine it took a moment. And she's thinking, wow, if he knows that much, then I want to ask him something really important. So she takes the conversation to another level. She's like, well, okay, you're a prophet, so tell me. What, you know, what, what's, you know, what's happening theologically and how, what's the, you know, the difference between Jews and Samaritans and the way that they worship and where we worship and, you know, and all that. So she invites him into this deeper conversation. And so, and he goes there and he's talking about how God is working and what's happening. And, and then she says, oh, I know about the Messiah. I know the Messiah, the Christ is coming. And then he says, I am he. I am he, the one you are talking to. This is the first time in the Gospel of John that Jesus says one of the famous I am statements. This is the first time that he says, I am the Messiah. And I think he did it because she was listening well enough to Jesus that she invited him into that. So there's all these places in this conversation where she could have backed off. She could have gotten mad. She could have just turned to shame or irritation or anger or just thrown up a wall. And she didn't do it. She just kept going deeper with him and deeper. And invite, she made space for Jesus to say, I am the Messiah, for the first time in the Gospel of John. I think that's pretty amazing that she had that kind of openness and power in this situation to make room for Jesus to claim who he was in that moment. When we come to the well and we're soul thirsty and we're yearning for something, when we come to the well, we're looking for both of these things to happen. We are looking to be heard. We are looking for someone to hear the yearnings that are below the words that are beneath our prayers, the sighs too deep for words. When we come to the well, we're looking to be heard, to be drawn into the fullness of who we are, to, to have that space to become all that God has called us to be. And when we come to the well, we also have the opportunity to listen to one another well enough and clear enough and open enough that Jesus' presence can be made known. We have the possibility of listening and making space for one another enough that Jesus can say, I am he, and I am here at the well. This is what God calls us to as we gather together.
to respond to the deep yearnings of our spirit and to listen to one another clearly enough that we can hear who we really are and who God has called us to be and clearly enough that we can recognize the presence of Christ among us. For Jesus has promised to be in our midst whenever we are gathered together. May that presence and blessing be a a, a gift to us together. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence at the well. We give you thanks that we can be heard clearly enough to utter the things that are deep in our hearts, that we can be heard clearly enough to lift up the deepness of who we are in your grace. And God, we are grateful that here at the well, we can hear the presence of Christ, the voice of Christ, and make enough space for Jesus himself to say, I am the Messiah, and I am here, right here at the well. God, may your blessing be on us in this conversation. Make it holy. Mm-hmm. Well, you have been to the well. You've been to the well. And I pray that you've been heard. What's deep underneath has been heard. And I pray that you've seen the presence of Christ sitting by the well, calling us into the living water and new possibility. Let's go forth in peace and be blessed. <laughs>